Welcome to Thousand Generations Podcast, hosted by Dan and Chad Bohai, a father and son duo committed to pursuing God's dream and desire of faithfulness to Jesus and living to see the gospel of his kingdom pass from one generation to the next, to a thousand generations. Thank you for joining us on our journey as we hope to encourage you on yours. Episode four, season two, we're going to wrap up hindrances to healing today and um, really want to encourage you, those of you who are listening, last episode was super powerful where you unpacked all the, the how important it is to live a word-saturated life. Almost everything rises and falls on that. Maybe there could have just been one hindrance, but we digress. Um, we're going to pick up uh, hindrance to healing 11 and 12 this time. And so why don't you just take us, what's, what are you, on your list of 12, what's number 11? Self-hatred and shame. Hmm. If you're full of shame, you don't have a clear conscience. If you're full of shame and you hate yourself, you can't love. And the only thing that matters is faith that works through love. So if your faith's not working through love, you need to love yourself so Hmm. that faith can work. You know, the great commandment is to love God and love your neighbors as yourself. So if you have safe self-hatred and shame, it's because there's something in your life that you think is not worthy to love, and you're not seeing yourselves through the lens of grace, how God sees you. So I want to I use the story of the woman mm. caught in the act of adultery in John chapter 11. Chad, if you could just read chapter that eight. briefly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it says this, At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where he, all the people sat and gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery, They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery, and the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Powerful story. And so there's so many different sermons in this, obviously, I mean, how do you catch a person in the act of adultery without watching them? Hmm. And how does everybody leave unless Jesus is writing their sins in the dirt? Hmm. I mean, there's so many different sermons. I don't want to focus on any of that. Hmm. I want to address Jesus's phrase, where are your accusers? Don't they condemn you? Hmm. And she says to Jesus, no one. And he goes, neither do I condemn you. Hmm. Go now and live a different life. If we knew how much Jesus loved us, Mm. if we knew how much the Father loved us, if we knew Mm. how great His grace was in our lives, it would eliminate most of the devil's activity of keeping us in shame and Mm -hmm. self-hatred, and I'm not good enough, I never Mm. measure up, I'm always a victim. We don't know Mm. how great the love of the Father that's been bestowed on us. We don't know the greatness of it, because if we did we would love ourselves Mm. because we would see he bankrupted heaven to prove 
Yes. How much he loves us. I love the story in John 5 where Jesus sends the boys into town and stays at a well. Because mm. obviously the father said, there's going to be a girl coming here yeah, that's John been married four. five times. Yeah. And now she's shacked up with the sixth one. And you're going to have a chance to show her how much you don't condemn her. Mm. I love the story. Mm. So he just asked this question. Hey, go tell your husband. Right. And she goes, I don't have a husband. And he goes, you're correct. You're right. You've had five. And now you're just living with a guy. And he didn't condemn her. Hmm. He just spoke the truth. And because of his posture of not condemning people, causing them to hate themselves and feeling shame, she says, this guy has the words of life. And she tells the whole town. Yes. And she actually, Chad, it's, it's amazing to me. The, 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 the demoniac in the Gadarenes who had 6,000 demons becomes a great evangelist because yep. God never made him feel shame for how wicked his life was. The woman who'd been married five times, I've heard so many people in churches say, oh, you've been divorced, you can't be used of God. Hmm. Jesus turned one who'd been divorced five times into an unbelievable evangelist that got a whole city to believe the Word of God because he doesn't put condemnation on us. Yes. He doesn't... Like, he doesn't shame us. Right. He lifts the shame. Yes. Come on. Come on. I don't want to get so loud, but I have been so trying to get over how I was raised where I'm never good enough, and That's i got to right. try harder, and i got to live holier, and i got to be pure, and I can't have a bad thought. And Jesus looks at me and says, hey, get over yourself. I don't condemn you. Mm. I don't condemn you, so if I don't, you don't need to condemn yourself. That's and so, so good. I really believe, Chad, that one of the great hindrances to healing in the church is when people hate themselves because hmm. they think they'll never get over their past sins, their past mistakes, or their current sins. Hmm. They don't think they can get over it. And Jesus, by the blood, has already forgiven everybody waiting on us to believe it. Yes. That's the beauty of grace. He's already forgiven us. He's waiting on us to believe it so that he can lift the shame Remove the self-hatred. We actually can love ourselves mm. enough where we can start loving each other. I, I remember so good. I remember a couple of years ago when COVID hit the planet, and I was on a ministry trip in the Northwest, and I had to go home. And I remember when I got home, I was so afraid. Like, how am I going to make it? I used to always travel all the time to generate mm. money to pay my bills so I can keep my team going in my ministry. And I remember I was sitting in my room, my prayer room at my house, and I remember telling the Lord, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And I remember the Lord kind of chuckled, and he said, well, this can either be the best time of your life or the most miserable mm. time of your life. It's up to you. Mm. And I go, what do you mean by that, God? He goes, if I can take care of you when you're busy, I can take care of you when you're home in quarantine. Mm. I'm not limited to what's going on in the world. I'm only limited by what you allow me to do. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And, and I'll tell you what, that next six months, Chad, the Lord unpacked the scriptures about how much he loves me. Yes. That I'm his, he's my husband. Hmm. I'm his bride. When I look at him, it makes his heart race. Like I get out of the wilderness by coming out, leaning on his heart. Hmm. Like I never knew how much God loved me. I never felt like I was loved by God. I, yeah. I knew he loved everybody else. Hmm. But I always had some self-hatred and self-shame because I'd messed up in the past. And when God finally set me down for six months mm -hmm. and he actually showed me how much he loved me, it lifted the ability off of my hindrances to where now it's so easy to love people. Mm. And so one of the, because love never fails. And so if you're operating in, in anointing for healing 
motivated by love, it can't fail. Mm. If you're doing it trying to get a miracle for a testimony book, that's not love. Mm. But if you're doing it because you actually care for the person, and how can you actually care for a person if you don't actually care for yourself? Mm. So we need God's grace Mm. to remove self-hatred and shame so that we can love because love can't fail. Mm. That's so profound and powerful so a hindrance is self-hatred self-hatred and shame and shame and jesus doesn't hate us he doesn't and he doesn't shame us Mm. in fact it says if you just come to him there's never any condemnation Mm. he never condemns us he just wants to free us Mm. so anyway we have one more hindrance good man go the last hindrance that i wrote down is a victim mentality or an orphan spirit Mm a victim mentality, or an orphan spirit. And I think a good story would be the, the story uh, in John chapter 5, 3 through 9, where Jesus shows up at the pool of Bethesda, mm. and he finds that man that's been laying there for 38 years on a mat, you know, in the dust, crippled, and he walks up to him, and he says a profound statement that I still, sometimes it kind of, I'm just kind of shocked by some of Jesus' statements. But he goes to this man who's been laying on a mat for almost four decades. Do you want to get well? Hmm. At first it seems rude. Yeah, verse 6. Yeah, at first it seems offensive. It's like, how would you say that, Jesus? Don't you understand the guy's laying here at a pool waiting to get healed for 38 years? Hmm. I mean, the 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 tradition was if you got in the water first, after the angel stirred the water, right. you'd get healed. And so the man's been trying to get in the water for almost 40 years. And Jesus' question is, do you want to get well? Hmm. And then the guy's answer reveals why he's not well. Because he feels like a victim. Yes. He feels like an orphan. He says, Jesus, how can I get well? Every time I try to get up and get in, somebody cuts in line. Nobody helps me. I'm here all alone. And I try to play out the thought process because we're in a culture where everybody thinks they're a victim. Yes. My church doesn't help me. My dad never told me he loved me. My boss never helped me. I don't have insurance. I don't have any more Social Security. The church thinks I'm just a freeloader. They don't want to give me any help. And so most of the time, people stuck in these cycles of defeat like this man are because they have a victim or orphan mentality Mm. where God says... He didn't leave us as orphans. Right. He left us as sons and daughters. Mm. And so Jesus is a genius, right, in releasing power because he only says what the Father tells him to say, and he only does what he sees the Father doing. And so the Father showed him and said, say this to this man who's a victim. Pick up your own mat. Yes. Do something for yourself. Now, I want to stop before we get into this. Okay, so if we're going to heal people, we've got to tell them to do something for themselves. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John picked up the man by grabbing him by the hand so they knew the man that had been paralyzed for 40 years needed help by being picked up by the hand. Yes. Jesus knew this man needed to do something for himself. Here's a lesson we need to learn about the ministry of healing. Hmm. If we're motivated by love and we stay in the Spirit by being saturated in the Word, most of the time the Holy Spirit will reveal to us if a person needs help, or if a person needs to do something, we'll know that by the Spirit. That's so good. I think the miracle of John 5 is greater than the miracle of Acts 3 
Because in John 5, Jesus knew the man had the ability to do it himself if he would stop being a victim and just do what the word says. Hmm. And so he says, pick up your mat. And immediately the man picked up his mat and he's healed hmm. because he obeyed the word. Faith comes by hearing. Right. But hearing doesn't keep hearing unless we obey what we're hearing. Hmm. And so the cure for an orphan spirit, for a victim mentality, is to believe what the word says. And I wrote down a couple verses to end this series, Chad. It's so good. It's, it's um, Romans 8, 15 and 16, and Galatians 4, 6 and 7. It's the same author, same theme. Mm. He didn't give us an orphan spirit or a spirit of bondage or fear, but a spirit of sonship. Yes. And we are sons and daughters. Not only that, we are the bride of Christ. We're the body of Christ. Yes. We're one with God in the spirit. And we need to believe what God's word says about us and not what people have said. Yes. Not what circumstances have said, not what disappointments have said. We actually need to choose for ourselves to mm. believe what God's word says about us, and we won't feel like we're victims. Mm. We'll really realize we're more than conquerors because he's never going to stop until he finishes everything he started in all of us. Wow. So victim mentality. Having an orphan spirit. And an orphan spirit. Blocks and that, healing. It blocks healing. And what's so powerful of... It's in, in John 5, that story, once Jesus learned that he'd been in this condition a long time. So Jesus like picks up intel of how, do, how long dude has lived out of this mentality, this right. mindset. Right. And out of that, he's like, do you want to get well? And so you're, you see that as, that's such a, I, I mean, I've preached this probably, certainly read it a hundred, lots of times, but that's so powerful that you're bringing up that point. And you talked about our, us and, and just the church and our generation is a victimhood mentality, and it's the revelation that we have in Abba, the Abba cry, that Galatians 4, 4 through 7, like you said, and Romans 8, that combats or that dwarfs and roots out of us that orphan uh, victim mentality. How, man, how, that's, I feel like that's so important. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that when you've been on the road, just seeing... When that revelation hits people, that the miraculous can begin when, to flow. When they realize how much they're loved, when mm -hmm. they realize how much they're accepted. You know what I learned, Chad? When I got to your house this, this time on vacation, I love to bless my grandkids with little dollars for doing mm -hmm. little chores. Clean up. Yep. Don't fight. Whatever. And they love making the money until my wife got here. Now the money doesn't so much intrigue them. They went from being servants to knowing they're accepted and loved as children. Mm -hmm. Most of the church will do oh. things thinking they have to earn it as mm. servants, but servants can't experience mm. what sons and daughters can mm. experience because they know they don't have to earn it. They know they're loved. And so I want to bring up one more scripture before we land the plane, Chad. Instance. Well, wait, 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 because I've seen that, and I, I'm the dad. That is so interesting. Not that they don't view you as their papa, but just the different spirit that Mimi, Deb, your wife, my mom, is the warmest, most accepting. Uh, she would put any of us uh, out to pasture. Their mentality did change now that you bring that out. I just want to let that sit for a second. That like when you know you're so accepted and loved, we still, I value, by the way, the lessons you're teaching them. It's awesome to be responsible. And I think reward good behavior. It's so powerful. But I, I just want to say yes and amen that many of us have that servant mentality. 
and we don't know we're loved. We don't know what we have access to because we are Abba's children. So go ahead, one more scripture. Last story, the, the, the four guys that let the guy down through the roof, mm-hmm. and you know the crowd's amazed that somebody cut a hole in the roof, and it's in all three synoptic gospels. Yep. But, and so Jesus looks at their faith and sees great faith, but then he looks at the man on the mat, and the first thing he says is, son or child. Hmm. Your sins are forgiven. Hmm. Jesus knows that most of the time something happened when we were little that he knows when our unbelief started that got us in a paralyzed state. That's good, man. He knows when the hurt, and we put the the walls up, and we got the strongholds, and now we're victims. He knows to speak right to the moment. And I think the the insinuation is... Son, I remember what they said, Mm. but I love you enough, and I want you to know you're accepted. I forgive you already because I don't want you to be limited by feeling like you don't measure up, like you're an orphan. I want you to know that you're not a victim. I accept you, and I forgive you, and then healing him was easy. Mm. And so if we could remove this victim mentality, this orphan spirit from people, they could receive healing so much easier. That's so good, man. And again, when we, when we talk about this orphan spirit being broken through, what we're talking about is just believing the gospel. Yeah. We're, we're talking about how Jesus took our place, our deserved lot of death, separation, punishment. I love it. He took our legal indebtedness, right? Colossians 2, he, ripped, he races our name at the top of the ledger, puts his own. Mm. He's rejected, despised so that we could be accepted and loved. And that 1 John 3, 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And I love it. Like, that wasn't good enough. And that is what we are. That's how he ends verse 1. So, Dad, why don't you just pray for us and pray that God would, the Holy Spirit, especially this victim, the shame piece that you talked about, and then the, the victim mentality and the orphan spirit would just be overwhelmed by the, by the spirit of adoption and sonship. Father, I thank you so much that your word is greater than self-hatred, mm. that your grace and mercy is so much greater than shame, that, that we don't have to be victims. We can be overcomers. We're not, yes. we're not second-hand citizens. We're not orphans. We've been accepted in the Beloved. And so, Father, I pray that every person listening to this would realize how much you love them and that you've, get, you've spared nothing. You gave everything to prove how much you love them. The world and people may have not shown that, but you've only shown that. And so I just, I just thank you, Father, for your un- unconditional love that's been lavished on all of us. I pray that everyone would receive freedom to love themselves, to walk in freedom and no shame and no longer feel like they're a victim or an orphan, but to walk in the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters of God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray too. Father, I I just, because this is such a significant issue, that you would break off the orphan spirit you would break off the victim mentality of those watching, those listening later. 
we are crying out that the Jesus loved me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, cry. That little song that so many of us learned growing up, that we would never graduate from the wonder of being an accepted son or daughter in the beloved son. Father, we're, we're just asking that we would begin to operate out of a, a spirit of sonship and daughtership, that we're royal heirs of the King himself, co-heirs with Christ, as we share in the fellowship of your sufferings, that we would realize how good you are, Father, and that would free us from a thousand lesser loves and longings, seeking satisfaction, pleasure, and acceptance from a million different sources when we have all that we need. You are the fountain of every spiritual blessing, and principally the greatest blessing is that we are your children. So we, we pray that impartation of sonship right now over those watching and listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Thousand Generations with Dan and Chad Bohai. It is such a blessing to be able to offer what we're hearing from many is such an encouraging content and conversation as we all seek to grow as kingdom disciples of Jesus Christ. If these have been a blessing to you, either these podcasts or the various ministries and ministers that are under the Becoming Love banner, would you consider partnering with us in both prayer and becoming a financial partner? Uh, it's super, super easy. You can grab your smartphone and scan the QR code, or you can visit becominglovemistries.com. God is really beginning to expand the tent pegs of this ministry, and it's with the faithful contribution and help of people like you who partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, not just here in America, but increasingly all around the world. So again, thank you for watching. Thank you for sharing these teachings, these podcasts on your social media platforms. And thank you for considering prayerfully partnering with us in both prayer and in becoming a financial partner of Becoming Love Ministries Association. Bless you. We hope you have an amazing day and we'll see you again real soon.